Welcome to All That Good Stuff, a no-nonsense podcast where we share the good, the bad, and the ugly of building a startup, well, startup businesses in two completely different sectors. My name's Dan, and I run DTS Building Materials, where we supply building materials utilising a network of suppliers to ensure that we are offering not only competitive pricing, but fast deliveries too. Cool. And my name's Sam Wilcox. I run a marketing automation company called Tribecto Automations and a trade-focused sales and marketing agency called KBB Sales Engine, which I suppose is kind of my new startup. So, um, Dan, why did we think this would be a good idea? <laughs> we, we both have a love for podcasts. We, my background being in area sales management, I spent my life in a car listening to podcasts. There's only a certain amount of Nick Grimshaw that one man can take before <laughs> rampaging. So uh, podcasts were the answer. And uh, both Sam and I found a common interest with the fact that we are both avid listeners of the Startup Diary. Um, and through a Startup Diary meetup that Mr. Adam Callow, shout out, put on. Shout out to Callow. We decided it would be a good idea to actually look at where he is six years from where we are yeah so just i suppose for there's a bit of context for the listeners uh the startup diary is a another podcast um which is done by two great guys adam callow and harrison mudge who are well, adam's the ceo and founder of expert trades great company and uh harry is um i'm pretty sure he's like director of creative there as well right so that's right yeah Inspired by those guys, we thought we'd try and do something ourselves, and we thought we had a bit of an interesting concept, I think, because I've got, I mean, we work in completely different sectors, as the, you know, version one of this intro said. (laughs) Um, I'm working in kind of online marketing and sales, and, you know, kind of in in the agency space, uh, working with lots of different clients, but also now moving into more of a trade-focused space with the KBB sales engine, helping kitchen bedrooms and bathroom companies automate and create a better marketing experience, uh, sorry, better customer experience with their marketing. And Dan, obviously, you are kind of in that trade space. 100%. Right? 100%. So I, I... Sam and I clicked because uh, in the longevity plan of of my business, I strive to open a kitchen and bathroom showroom at some point. So post hot seat meetup meeting that that Adam put on, Sam and I hooked up because actually the software that he's integrating into sort of the KBB sector is actually something that me personally am very interested in utilizing in my own showroom. Um, I've just got to get there. So, so for me, everything that I, I'm putting into the business now it has got this great goal of having a showroom that, that specialises in showing off to the trade high-end windows and doors, high-end kitchens and bathrooms, and actually being able to take their end customers and give them somewhere nice to, to come and uh, sit down, grab a good cup of coffee, and actually talk about what they want without going into the uncomfort zone of of the tradesman where it's too far away from the builder's merchant and you can't talk like real people so if that's the end goal dan why don't you talk a little bit about like the business now like what stage you're at like how long you've been doing this for and kind of where why why it all started okay so i i finished in employment in october 2018 
Uh, and I, I was working for a high-end timber joinery manufacturer called Dale. Yeah. And basically, I, I found myself getting quite frustrated with, with the way that working for a singularity offered me one product range. And, and I kind of would find myself in a situation where I would win the customer, I'd do all the work, but the product wasn't right for the customer. And I kind of thought, why don't I offer a bit of everything and take a bit of the financial responsibility yeah. to then gain myself a slightly higher margin to, right, to right. justify it. So um, obviously being on commission, I'm used to working to, to percentages. By taking on the financial risk myself, that percentage has grown by X amount. Um, fr- from there, I, I, um, I, I added the building materials tag onto it. So originally it was just going to be windows and doors selling aluminium, plastic and wood with my background being wood. Uh, And then from there, adding the building materials tag just allowed me to sort of go into my audience a little bit earlier. Look, I can supply you bricks. I can supply you your blocks. I can supply you insulation. But what I want is a go at you of windows and doors. Right, right. right. Getting that, that big margin product out of the marketplace before they had the opportunity to really think about it. So from your perspective then, like when you set the business up, you were initially thinking, just so that I can confirm my understanding as well, and one of, you know, just to, as a caveat for the listeners, I suppose, me and Dan have known each other for about a month or so now, maybe a little bit longer. Um, it's a bit of not it, we met? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, don't know, we haven't known each other that long, but, you know, so a lot of the questions that I'm asking are literally I'm learning about your business still. I don't know exactly the ins and outs of what you do and why you do it. So it's interesting for me to find out about all this stuff while we kind of, you know, air it all out in a podcast format, right? So, um, so, when you were, so when you decided that you were going to leave Dale and kind of go on your own, you you kind of entered that space thinking about right well i need to go now and supply windows and doors uh or be a supplier of windows and doors i've got the connections in that area yeah um, but you made a really good connection i think but so how did you get to how did you make the connection between like the windows and doors side of things but then adding on the builders merchants side of things as well like what made you take that step if that makes sense okay so a week before i handed my notice in with dale yeah i was in the car with with my dad um who has had 28 years experience working for an installation manufacturer right uh he was in a position where he was able to take voluntary redundancy yeah so effectively his redundancy tied in with my notice period that we actually started DTS together um, at the beginning of November and actually having his level of expertise in insulation and, and sort of more of the core building materials, it, it made sense to, to utilise his skill set and the fact that with 28 years experience in the, in the industry, he knows just about everyone that needs to be known. Right, right, right. So he's, he kind of has helped you unlock even an even bigger network of supply. Massive, yeah. Uh, and, and like we, 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 Sam and I were talking previously on the telephone about how the, the networking kind of thing is, is so important to me as a, and a business because I'm effectively working out of a shed, running a builder's merchant, in inverted commas, it's important for me to utilise a network to ensure that I can arrange deliveries from the best places for the best times and best prices um, right. so that no one knows that I'm actually working out of a shed. Right. 
Well, they do now. <laughs> if anybody listens to this. <laughs> I, I, I don't hide the fact that I work in a shed. I, I make it very clear that my overheads are very low and, and that therefore I don't need to be as greedy with margins and that is reflected in the pricing that I give. Yeah. So why don't you tell me about like your typical customers? Because I mean, I, I know, you know, that you work with, you know, guys in the trade industry, you know, do you also work with like end consumers as well? So like for me, if I was going to, you know, do want to do all the windows and doors for my house, you, you serve me as well. Or like, where do you draw the line and kind of like, who's your ideal customer to, to work with? Okay, so so through and through, it, I think it's important to know that that I I grew up as a salesman. I I started my career in in sales as as a hardcore telesales person, where I was making yeah. 100, 150 fan calls a day, ramming information as far as I could down people's throats. Um, the good old days, to, the good old days. We've all been there, I think. Well, what it allowed me to do is refine. It, re, it allowed me to refine how I cold call. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we all know and and have a strong disliking for most cold callers. And I, I built a format for myself that actually got me past the people disliking me stage and actually got them into the intrigue stage. Yeah. Ultimately, it, it gave me a level of success that others weren't seeing. But unfortunately, what I lost interest in was there was nothing personal about it. There was I didn't know any of my customers. I was literally just targeted to make 100, 150 phone calls a day and sell it didn't matter who the customer was or actually what their needs were yeah actually more about what they had in their bank account and how much i could get out of it the numbers game yeah mm. so for me the customer is the most important part of of my journey in that i will sell my products to anyone that i see is right for the product right so obviously the core building material side of things predominantly we are aiming at builders Right. Just building, building houses, building extensions, doing doing their everyday building sort of thing. Yep. It, the way that we work, it does rely on them being slightly more organised because we haven't got a shop, we haven't got the availability for them just to come in and buy things off a shelf. So they need to know a couple of days in advance what they're having, yeah, when they need it and what they need. But what that allows me to do is to negotiate better rates with my suppliers as opposed to them going in and buying them off the shelf at RRP. Right, right, right. Um, but then we've got the other side of the business in terms of the windows and doors. Now, with windows and doors, you've got a twofold approach to that. You've got the builders that just want to fill the holes, and you've got the customer that wants it to look nice. Right. The builders, generally speaking, got an end customer or an end customer in mind. Yeah. And therefore, you've got to look at the situation that the the sort of the fenestration, as it were, is going to be sitting in 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 that process. So more often than not, what will happen then is the builder will then put me in touch with their end customer. The end customer will call the shots, and more often than not, we'll then discuss the payment options, et cetera, et cetera, with their builder. Right. Um, and that will very be very much be dictated by what window they are going for. So if you go for a UPVC window, for example, you could do a whole house for three, four grand. Right. But that same three, four grand could easily, easily be 20, 25K in wood. Right, right, right. And, and that's a huge amount of money for a builder to tie up. So would do the most of these conversations though they come was it fair to say that they come to you from you know your connections in the building industry because I imagine that you're you're dealing with the trade industry and the, and the guys in the building industry you know so much I imagine it's quite hard for you to get um like direct to the end the end customer right I bet that's like quite a challenging thing for you for you specifically to do because you spend so much time 
dealing with dealing with your network and connections in the trade industry so the thing that I learned very, very quickly um, when I started working for Dale about four, four and a half years ago yeah. was that the builder would do almost anything to get work off their desk. Um, not in a bad way, but let's be honest, uh, I, I call builders accidental businessmen. Yep. They're good at what they do, but they're, they're having to start thinking about taxes and, and actually buying materials and inevitably running staff and all that kind of thing that actually they're moving further and further away from what they're good at and actually running businesses what i'm coming in at is that middleman where i want to help them run their business and run their business efficiently so by them being able to give me their shopping list they don't have to do all the running around work they can get on site and start organizing their guys right right knowing that they can trust me to just to make sure that what they want is on site when they want it and we can put a program together to do that um but by by giving me that level of responsibility if they're working for an end customer they can go right dan this customer wants their windows and doors you've told me that they want timber and it's going to be on an eight-week lead time now i need them to be ordered now because i'm going to be at that stage in in seven weeks so i'm going to be a week behind immediately if they decide to go for this window right right so immediately they they want me to talk to their customer because they want their customer to make the decision as to what they're doing in that situation Perfect. Right. So you kind of act as, as kind of like almost like the project manager to a degree in some cases, right? Uh, I've been called a contractor and I've, and I'm okay with that. I mean, as far as sort of I'm concerned, I sit at a computer and I, I've got a huge list in front of me of suppliers and depending yeah. on what I want and where I want it to go to will dictate who I speak to. Um, so, so the power that you have, I suppose, or kind of like your unique position is the is the network that you've got and the amount of suppliers that you have good relationships with exactly that exactly um better deals for your i suppose clients when we we talk about clients i'm talking like the you know your the the tradesmen that you work with right or that's half of that's right i mean in terms of um where, where i kind of started with the with the sort of the merchanting thing again in inverted commerce was actually i was just going to utilize the standard builders merchant yeah, so I was going to talk to the likes of the Jusons, the Travis Perkins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Set up accounts of all of them, um, with a view that actually I'm bringing to the table. Let's let's make it easy numbers. You have one customer spend a hundred thousand pound a year. Yeah, they immediately get X amount of of discount through the builders merchant. Right. They've got ten of those customers who get X amount of that discount. If they were all of those ten customers were to then buy the product through me all of a sudden their buying power is times by 10 because I'm buying on behalf of all of them. So I go to Jason, I'm all of a sudden spending a million pound a year with them as opposed to a hundred thousand pound a year, which then brings me into the next tier of discounting. Right, right, right. Because I'm so working for Jason as a, as a company. So is, there's power in the network, isn't it? Again, because 100%. you've got, and I suppose you end up becoming like a buying power. That's a good Ooh. lesson to learn, I suppose, for, from, for any kind of startup. It doesn't really matter you know, what industry you're in. Um, you know, it's got me thinking about, you know, what, from a supply, who do I use as a supplier for my clients and how can I potentially um, leverage that, that relationship or the amount of relationships that I have with my clients and the, and the supplier and potentially get better deals and, and decrease yeah. my bottom lines, right? That, that's exactly it. I mean, ultimately speaking, when you're looking at the discount structures between a hundred thousand pound customer and a million pound customer, there's enough space in the middle then for me to make 
a nice amount of money in between. Yeah. I'm never going to make millions off a sheet of plasterboard, but yeah. where I can make them an extra two pound saving, if I take 20p, no one buys just one sheet of plasterboard. If I'm making a pound per order and I've got 10 people buying an order, that's 10 pound in an hour. All of a sudden, you start adding it up, adding it up, you're at 200 pounds a day, 300 pounds a day, and then it's a couple of grand a week. And it, it's just playing a bit of a longer game yeah. uh, from, from where I initially started to just sell windows and doors because I actually feel that the power of the network is, is going to offer me that much more in the long term. So, so where are you at? So that's kind of like the long, t- well, I suppose not the long term goal, but it's that's kind of your future vision in terms of like the path that you're on. Mm. Where would you say you're at in that process right now? Like, are you, are you at the point where you are kind of doing a lot of work to lay the groundwork for these relationships with these, yeah. these different yeah. companies? Like what, what point on this journey are you? So, so we're at a point where, where we're laying very, very deep foundations. Um, yeah. we, we, a lot of the conversations we're having, look, look after us now and you will get looked after in the future. Yeah. And of course, you'll get some people that are very receptive to that and are giving us phenomenal rates straight away. And you get others that just need a little bit of work. And, yeah. and fortunately, from my position, a lot of the builders, merchants and the client bases that I, I'm working with know of either myself or my dad in terms of the networks that we've already had yeah prior. so you kind of got that like at least a foot in the door there haven't you yeah. so, so my job at D, uh, dale was effectively merchant support i was an area sales manager but it was merchant support so um just a quick background on dale dale are a high-end timber window manufacturer right that sell to the builders merchant for them to sell to their customer but effectively i was the man on the ground that said look you give me your customers, I will sell you windows. Yeah. And so I was going into builders merchants, being handed a list of customers, going out and selling windows on their behalf. Um, and, and it got me to, to, to where I am now thinking, if I'm doing that on, on behalf of, of a builders merchant, why aren't I doing it on behalf of all the materials that people buy windows for, as opposed to just the one? Right, right. And then it leaves you on and on and on and on, and all of a sudden you're buying everything for everyone and you're arranging deliveries for, for tomorrow morning for 100 sheets of plasterboard. <laughs> so what do you... Oh, yeah. So, so obviously, you've got like a skill and a knack of connecting with people, building relationships. I mean, you know, we, we've known each other for not too long now, but, you know, we get on really well. And I clash I probably you talk to you as often as I talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not, mate. But, you know... Um, so, so in, in, in your terms then, what would you say is kind of like your superpower? I, I suppose I can see it from the outside, but I'd like to hear it from like in your own words. Like you, what do you class as your superpower? So I, I'm a salesman through and through and what I consider myself to be quite an old school salesman in that I work very heavily on building relationships, yeah. building a level of trust so that the sales doesn't become sales because I'm actually just that middleman in terms of purchasing yeah you want and when you want it i don't put any pressure on people um i I, i'm very good at at sort of working out the timings for things and and looking at lead times and looking at a build process and say look you need to make a decision on this quickly or we've got a couple of weeks to make a decision on this let's make it the right decision kind of situation yeah yeah um and sort of diffusing situations in that sort of scenario is is probably where i'm i'm sort of most sort of set but, but one thing that I, I'm very, very good at is sitting in a room full of strangers and talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I do that 
frequently when I go to I go to various networking events because I'm constantly pushing my network further and further and further. So I've I've joined a networking group. I go to a network every Friday, and in turn, I'm in a room with twenty other professionals. No one in the building industry in that room, and uh, we 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 talk about business as opposed to about what I need selfishly. Yes. Um, yeah. And so what what that does for me is it helps me grow as a businessman yeah my strength I, I mean I've not got a business studies degree I've, I've not got any formal training in terms of running a business it's just a case of getting out there doing it trial and error yeah um, I, I've always been employed um, I, I did a degree in music I finished that in 2012 um, and then between 2012 and where we are today what seven years I've had five jobs um, you know, there's not really been a huge amount of time for me to learn how to, to sort of grow as a person other than on the job and, and just doing it, really. Well, I think that's pretty much the best way, personally. I mean, I didn't go to, well, I went to college for about two weeks and then I sacked that off because um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be easier than school, but it, it turns out you just ended up with more homework. So I didn't really want to do that. It's, so yeah, I didn't go to funny. university or anything at all. And, you know, I, I kind of, learned everything that I knew about business in the past kind of four years, I suppose, and then yeah. set up on my own. So I, I think learning from experience, um, but conscious learning from experience is, is the best way to go about it. Because I mean, you know, when, when I was, you know, in my twenties and you know, when you, when you're younger, um, you make loads of mistakes. And if you look back, you can, you can look at those mistakes and figure out the lessons, but at the time you don't really care. Right. You mean, you no. just, kind of just, no, you know, knocking I mean, around doing whatever you want, but I mean, well, I was anyway. But you know, and I, I think we all were. I mean, I, 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 I'm one of the oddities, I suppose, and I think it's becoming more and more frequent. Um, I, I met my wife just before I went to college. We right. Were, okay. We were 18. Um, we were married by the time we were 23, and we had our son by the time we were 24. I'm just for context. I'm I'm not quite 30. Uh, <laughs> just to make you all a little bit sad out there, because it makes me sad that I'm 30 soon um but but yeah i mean i i've i've had to grow up personally because of the responsibilities that i've had in terms of the decisions i made with regards to getting married and having children right um, yeah it's definitely like you know a responsibility that you have to then think about isn't it so you probably have to force yourself to grow up a little bit yeah and, and it forces you down a career path and, and i mean i i took redundancy from the telesales role um yeah. And and sort of she was paying me for another month, so I used that month to say, well, what do it, what is it that I really want to do? Do I want to go out and find a job that's me for life, or do I just want to get a job to tick me over whilst I sort of soul search? Yeah, I made the decision at that point to to actually do the soul searching option, and and that is actually what led me to working at Dale. Was they offered me a job? It was a a trial position. They didn't really know what the job was going to be on, and if it was going to last more than six months, which was perfect for me at the time. Um, but it, it got a very apparent very very quickly that I was quite good at it, and and so I was pushed by them. I pushed them, and and actually, we we got to a point where where we were me leaving in October, where where actually I was running a very successful area. Uh, but but unfortunately for me the passion for for doing the amount of driving that I was doing and and actually managing my customers on behalf of of Dale just um it it, it wasn't there as as much as it was 18 yeah. months before uh, and I've still got that passion for for looking after my customers but 
the control freak in me wanted more and more control over the over the process. Wanted to be on your terms, and I, I, you know, I think that's the reason why we start businesses at the end of the day. Like we, yeah. we, we see how things are being done. Uh, well, not everybody, but you know, I, I can relate to that. Like, you know, I, I've seen how things are done uh, in, in a respectful way, and you kind of want to have a go at it yourself and kind of you know have a do things your own way and look after your own customers and do things in a, in a particular way. So I get that. Um, all right, cool. So why don't we wrap this first episode up? Um, Let's do that. It was really good to get like an overview of you and kind of where you're at. And I think we'll obviously spend like the first, these first couple of episodes just uh, talking about, our journeys so far right so we covered yeah, you- i mean that that sounds good to me let, let let's crack on and uh let's let's get on to the next one perfect okay so we'll in the next episode if anybody's listened this far in congratulations <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and yeah we'll be back with another episode and in the next episode i suppose we'll i'll talk a little bit about me what i'm doing and, and where and, and kind of my story as well and then in the future episodes, just to give a heads up on format, I think what we're trying to do is kind of have an open, kind of have an open learning session every Friday where, you know, I'll talk about problems that I'm seeing right now and how I'm trying to overcome them. Dan, you'll do the same, obviously. Um, we'll discuss like where we're at in our businesses and we kind of just want to take the, you guys, the listeners along for the journey. And, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully bring some guests on here and there as well. So, um, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good, Dan. Sounds good to me. See you in the next one.